Matt Holliday is back with the Cardinals. The front office has got their 2023 coaching staff set as free agency begins. Could there be two more catchers in the American League that the team would be interested in? We've got the latest opt-ins and opt-outs, plus the 2022 award finalists were announced tonight, and the Cardinals have some guys who could be winning some hardware. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also available on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe if you come visit the YouTube page and comment so you can interact with us, which is always the best part about being on YouTube because you have the comments section and everybody goes back and forth and we have Cardinal discussion and it's a good time. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. When the Cardinals announced that Skip Schumacher was heading to Miami and that Jeff Albert and Mike Maddox were not returning next season, the rumor mill began spinning about possible replacements. We brought up a number of different names, and on this show, one of the first names that we brought up was Matt Holliday. The Cardinals Hall of Famer was the name that immediately came up because, honestly, He'd just been around a lot lately. Did you did you notice that during the season? That's why he was so fresh in my mind, at least. Uh, you know, he did a lot of TV stuff this year and uh, was, was at the ballpark, obviously, because he got elected into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. But he'd been working with his brother at Oklahoma State and mentioned during his August induction to the Cardinals Hall of Fame that returning to Major League Baseball in a coaching capacity appealed greatly to him. Then he was all over TV because his eldest son, Jackson, was the number one pick of the Baltimore Orioles in the MLB draft in July. It just seemed like a good fit. Like immediately everybody was like, yes, yes, of course. Matt would be a great fit to come back to the team and fill at least one of the vacancies. I thought hitting coach was where he was destined to go, to be honest. Uh, It just seemed like it was more his style since that's what he was doing at Oklahoma State. But I'm sure he's going to excel as the uh, bench coach now, too. The dude just, he succeeds. That's what he does. He's just good at life, okay? And um, whatever he gets his mind set to, he seems to accomplish it. The fans love him. He's great friends with Ollie. And uh, maybe most important, the players like and respect Matt Holiday already. In an article by John Denton from MLB.com, Ollie, who has been friends with Holiday for more than a decade from their years together in the Cardinals system as players, had this to say about Matt returning to the franchise. In that bench role, all our guys know Matt, and he brings instant credibility. Our veteran group knows him personally, and the young guys know of him. He's low-key, but the way he goes about teaching is meaningful. He's not the rah-rah type who is going to be in your face and make a ton of noise, but there's this persistence and a relentless pursuit of doing it as well as possible that is contagious with him. We're looking forward to him instilling that into our guys. Now, the team also promoted from within for the other vacancies at hitting and pitching coach. Turner Ward, who was the assistant hitting coach in 2022, was promoted to the hitting coach. We kind of saw that one coming. In the same article by Denton, here's what Ali had to say about Ward. When the hitter is in the box, they feel like Turner is in there with them. 
He's living and dying with every pitch, and he's experiencing it as if he's in the box. And when they get back to the dugout, good or bad result, they know he's got their back. When you think about that position of the hitting coach, that's the trust that matters. Those hitters knowing you are living it with them, he does that better than anybody. Aside from that, the guy knows the swing well, and he knows how to mentally prepare a hitter. When the lights come on, Turner makes them feel that they can take on the world. Now, Dusty Blake, who worked previously as the Cardinals pitching strategist for the past two seasons, was promoted to pitching coach. Marmel predicted that Blake will someday become one of the brighter pitching minds in the game. Blake has been with the organization for two years as the major league pitching strategist before coming to the Cardinals. He had success as the pitching coach at Duke University. And after Maddox decided not to return, Blake's name immediately popped up as well as the likely new pitching coach and got a ringing endorsement from Adam Wainwright, which probably didn't hurt his case all that much either because if Adam likes you, yeah, you're probably going to be okay. Uh, the Cardinals also promoted from within by hiring Brandon Allen as an assistant hitting coach. Allen, who worked previously with AAA Memphis, helped Gold Glover, Brendan Donovan, and top rookies Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes reach the MLB level and have success this past season. Uh, Holio Rangel, I think it's either Rangel or Rangel. I'm not totally sure. Not exactly familiar with this guy, but previously a member of the Red Sox coaching staff was named assistant pitching coach slash bullpen coach. So that's the new guys. Assistant coach Willie McGee, first base coach Stubby Clapp, third base coach Ron Pop Warner, all returning as well to the team next year. But the big news is that another former Cardinal is coming home, so to speak. Drafted by the Rockies, didn't mention in the article that Holiday actually made his Major League baby debut, and I didn't know this, in St. Louis on April 16th. That was his first game, 2004. A day he said, quote, began my love affair with St. Louis and started thoughts where Holiday dreamed of being a Cardinal. Because when people come to Bush Stadium and they come to St. Louis and they see how it is there, they can't help but fall in love. Like, I don't know of any player except maybe a Brandon Phillips who was like, ah, I hate this place. And I think BP probably felt that way because he was getting booed or whatever, but I don't think he he felt that like it was a bad place. He was probably just playing the role of the bad guy of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, I used to tell people all the time, I was like, if Brandon Phillips was on the Cardinals, we'd love him. We'd absolutely love him. But he was never on the Cardinals. So we hate his guts. <laughs> um, I also remember my father, uh, always so impressed with how Holiday carried himself when he was with the Rockies and for years said that the team needed to trade for him. He always said that, and I would just laugh at him. And I'd be like, why would the Rockies ever get rid of Matt Holiday? Like, what makes you think the Cardinals are going to get him from the Rockies? And lo and behold, they end up trading him. They ship him to Oakland in 2008 after not being able to come to an agreement on an extension and what well, wasn't really a bad deal. I mean, if you look at the names involved here, the Rockies got future all-stars Houston Street and Carlos Gonzalez in return, so they did well. Uh, but he only played 93 games for the A's before the Cardinals came calling. Uh, they didn't get off to a great start in Oakland. His numbers weren't popping, if you will. Like, they were good. I think he was hitting, like, in the mid-280s with, like, 10, 11 home runs, something like that. Not the impact I think Oakland was hoping for. And when they realized they weren't going to be able to sign him, uh, Oakland trades him to St. Louis. July 24th in a deal that was very one-sided with the Cardinals sending former first-round pick Brett Wallace. Remember him with the tree trunk legs? Just massive, massive legs. Pitcher Clayton Mortensen and outfielder Shane Peterson plus $1.5 million. All of that in exchange for Matt Holiday. 
And that night in Philadelphia, uh, Denton went on in his article saying he hit behind Pujols in the lineup. He had to wear shoes borrowed from pitcher Todd Wellemeyer. He had batting gloves given to him by Yadier Molina and had to borrow a bat from Pujols. Ended up having a four-hit night that night, and uh, the Cardinals also won. He was a four-time All-Star with the team. He garnered MVP votes in four seasons. He won a Silver Slugger Award in his career and, of course, got that World Series with the team in 2011. It's going to be awesome to see him back in the uniform when the season begins next year. I don't know anybody who is against this at all. I think everybody is just like, perfect. Sounds good. Let's roll. Speaking of next year, though, the free agency and trade wins uh, continue to swirl, and a couple of catchers' names in the American League have been brought up as possible targets for the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to discuss them next on Locked on Cardinals. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all of them at BetOnline as well. They've got you covered there, too. Uh, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Monday Night Football tonight has got the 5-3 and three Baltimore Ravens at the 3-5 and five New Orleans Saints. Uh, going into the game, the Ravens were one-and-a-half-point favorites, but uh, the Saints were starting Andy Dalton, so I don't know how you guys felt about that. Obviously, the game already underway, so you can't bet on it now, but if you had um, you know, thoughts of how good Andy Dalton would have been in primetime, because normally he stinks <laughs> when he's on primetime, uh, putting the money on the Ravens there I think would have been a good bet, and uh, when I turned the game on a few moments ago, it was 14-3 Ravens, so I, I would have done well. Uh, but if you're into betting, that's the place to be. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked on can provide Locked on Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Now, there's been plenty of chat and opinions thrown around about who's going to be the next starting catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals following the retirement of the great Yadier Molina. It's big shoes to fill, you know? So they can't screw this up because if they do, everybody's going to be pointing and laughing and ripping them to shreds because they knew this moment was coming for a year. They knew this was Yadier's last year. They knew who the free agents were going to be. They knew who the players in the league were that they liked the most. They've got to get this right. So options are free agent Wilson Contreras and A's catcher Sean Murphy. Those have been the top two names mentioned in most circles. But two more names have popped up recently as possibilities as well. And we haven't talked about them too much. We've done a lot about Contreras and Murphy. And we'll talk more about them as things move forward. But... For today, I want to bring up the other two names that have started to, to get a little attention online, and that would be the Toronto Blue Jays' Alejandro Kirk and the Astros' Christian Vasquez. Now, the Blue Jays have a logjam at catcher, basically the exact opposite of what the Cardinals are dealing with right now. The Cardinals' problem is they seemingly have just Andrew Kisner who can play at the major league level. They're not ready to hand the keys over to Yvonne Herrera yet. They don't really have anybody else that can start. Kisner, we've talked about it on this show before, solid backup, but he's not somebody you want to go having start 120 to 130 games next year. 
You just that, that you 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 can do better. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with Kisner, but you can do better. All right. So we've been doing some shopping and names are starting to pop up uh, that might be available. And Alejandro Kirk is, is the name here from the Blue Jays. Now, here's what's going on. The Blue Jays have Danny Jansen and their top prospect is Gabriel Moreno. Plus, they have Kirk, who was an all star last year. And many think that either Kirk or Jansen will be moved to address other needs for Toronto. Now, Kirk would have more trade value, hence why he might be the one to go. Like his stock isn't any higher because coming off an all-star campaign, right? Now, the trade that I have seen floated around and other shows talk about has been Alejandro Kirk for Lars Newtbar and Jordan Montgomery, which will immediately make Cardinal fans cringe just a little bit because, A, they love Newt. Cardinal fans love Lars Newtbar. They love his name. They love his attitude. A lot of people think that he should be the starting right fielder next year, that he's earned the chance to do that. I'm not disagreeing with that. There's just, I just feel like there's another level that I want to get to with my starting right fielder. And maybe Lars Newtbar will prove me wrong. It, It could happen. I'm not right about everything, but from what I've seen, I feel like I, I want more than Lars Newtbar, but If he happens to be the right fielder next year, I'm not going to bitch and moan about it. Um, But Cardinal fans love new. B, the other reason we saw how good Jordan Montgomery could be after he was lights out when he first got to St. Louis from New York. Now, he tapered off after a month or so and was a little more human. And I, I still have to think to myself, if the Yankees, they needed pitching and they made a trade for Montas, Then they make the trade with St. Louis for Bader, who was hurt at the time. I mean, if they need a pitching so bad, why would they trade a Jordan Montgomery? And I know things worked out for the Cardinals when he got here, but I don't know how great he is. You know what I mean? Like, he's like a three or a four. Like, he's not anything super special. So I don't know if I'd be all that upset if the Cardinals put him in a package to get something else. Now, Kirk is 24 years old. Last year, hit 285, 14 home runs, 63 RBIs. And as I mentioned, he made the all-star team. His first half, way better than his second half, though. Second half wasn't great. First half, the guy hits 315, 11 home runs, 37 RBIs. Fantastic stuff. All-star stuff. Second half, 246, three home runs, 26 RBIs. Cardinals have trouble against righties. Kirk, who is a right-handed batter, actually hit better against right-handers in a much larger sample size with a 288 average, 11 home runs, 54 RBIs, and 432 plate appearances against righties. Now against lefties, still at 276, but just three home runs, nine RBIs, much smaller sample size, though. Only had 109 plate appearances against left-handers. Defensively, pretty darn good. 995 fielding percentage in his two seasons in the major leagues. Last year, he was at 996. Throughout 26% of would-be Steelers, league average was 25. Listening and reading stuff that Blue Jays fans have uh, mentioned, they think a Lars Newbar jordan Montgomery combination isn't enough. They think that's not enough in their eyes. But as Cardinals fans, what do you think? If you ship Montgomery, then you are certainly in play for a free agent pitcher, right? You could bring Jose Quintana back, which a lot of people want to happen. 
You could bring, uh, you know, try to go for Carlos Rodon, who opted out today. Some of these other guys we've talked about, the Chris Bassett's, he's opted out. You know, there there is starting pitching available that I think is better than Jordan Montgomery. Like, if I can swap Montgomery and a new bar or something and then also get a Rodon and somebody like Alejandro Kirk, would you be upset about that? Because you had to get rid of Newt to do it. You got to trade talent to get talent. We've said that before. Now, as far as Christian Vasquez goes, he's a free agent, is friends with Yadier Molina. They share the same agent. He just won a World Series with the Astros and also won one in Boston. He's 32 years of age, is more of a defensive catcher than offensive, but but it's not like he's a, a handicap at the catching position as far as hitting goes. Okay. He's not going to hit like 200. That's not his thing. He hit 274 this year. Nine home runs, 52 RBIs. That's solid, right? Career 261 hitter, so he kind of outkicked his coverage this year in the batting average, but had spent his whole career with Boston until he got traded this summer. And his numbers were good in Boston. He gets traded, and then he's kind of, you know, playing here and there because he's behind Maldonado in Houston. Would he do better in a role where he's starting 140 games? Probably. His career has proven that. Uh, Derek Gould from the uh, Post-Dispatch did a write-up on Vasquez and had this to say about his defense. Since 2019, his first year with at least 100 games played, Vasquez is tied with Gold Glove winner catching uh, Gold Glove winner catcher JT Realmuto, the Philly star, with 22 defensive runs saved per Sports Info Solutions. From 2016 to the present, Vasquez's 37 defensive runs saved are tied for the sixth most, and Sports Info Solutions also calculates how many runs the catcher helps pitchers avoid by framing pitches for the strike zone. And Vasquez's 37 runs saved that way, rank fourth since 2016, his second season in the majors. Wilson Contreras, who I like a lot, gets a lot of grief for not being the best catcher when it comes to framing pitches, okay? And I know it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but it is, you know? And I get that the Cardinals are trying to find that complete catcher. They can do good at everything, you know? And, you know, Mosaic mentioned, like, how far are you willing to go as far as losing good defense at the catching position to get better offense? Like, how much offense is enough to make up for not being as good defensively. And, and he, Mo says these things with purpose, you know, like he doesn't just say the stuff to say, you know, he's putting it out there for you. Like we're not sure if Contreras is good enough as a catcher is really what he's saying. And maybe he's not, maybe he's not up to par, not up to the Cardinal standards for that. The thing is, we don't know what the team is going to value more, whether it's going to be the offensive or the defensive side. The best of both worlds seems to lie with the Oakland A. Sean Murphy, right? He's He's got both sides, but he's not going to be cheap to get him. Um, the Blue Jays' Alejandro Kirk seems to have both sides kind of covered, right? But you got to make trades to get those guys. And again, it's not going to be cheap. Or you got Contreras, who hits better than he catches. Going to be very expensive, obviously. And then you got Vasquez, who was very good defensively. I would say a little bit above average hitting wise. Not going to be super expensive like Contreras is going to be. He kind of seems like he'd be a good fit, right? So we'll see what happens. You can see you can see why the team has interest in all four of these guys. 
But who would you rather they target out of those four? Would you rather have Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, Wilson Contreras, Christian Vasquez? That's my question for you, Cardinals fans. So drop a comment down below on our YouTube. Let me know what you guys think and tell me why. Tell me why, because we can bring this up again uh, as we move on and do like a mailbag episode, okay? Um, We're going to talk about the offseason stuff. Uh, more specifically, who's opted in, who's opted out. We've got some awards that uh, some of the Cardinals are finalists for. And uh, also want to bring up a couple of the prospects. Uh, some things uh, mentioned about uh, Alec Burleson. Was named, got, 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 uh, I don't know how to say it without saying exactly what it is, but anyway, he got recognized for his good play this year. And the Cardinals added one of the, the bigger names this past year, as far as prospect wise, to their 40 man roster. You might know who I'm talking about already, but I'll let you know who that is next on Locked on Cardinals. The offseason tracker is in full effect with the uh, GM meeting set to begin tomorrow. So far, as far as opt-ins and opt-outs, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Jacob DeGrom, Carlos Rodon. All four guys that Cardinal fans would love to have playing at Bush Stadium for St. Louis have opted out, as expected. The Phillies' Zach Eflin declined his option. He's now a free agent. The Phillies did exercise the option on Aaron Nola, so he's going to be back in Philly. White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson had his club option exercise, so he's staying put barring a trade. The Twins have exercised their option on pitcher Sonny Gray, so he's going to remain there. The Mets have signed closer Edwin Diaz to a five-year, $102 million deal. Wow. Which also comes with a $12 million signing bonus. Full no trade clause as well. And it has a team option for a sixth year, which could take the total value of the deal to $122 million. Crazy, right? It's crazy. Record-setting deal right there. Uh, the 2022 award finalists were named tonight with the winners set to be announced next week. NL MVP has both first baseman Paul Goldschmidt and third baseman Nolan Arenado up for the award. They'll be going up against the Padres third baseman Manny Machado. So we got a we got a good chance <laughs> that a Cardinal is going to win the MVP this year. We we figured that was going to happen. Now, this one surprised a lot of people, and he keeps popping up in awards this offseason. Maybe we took him. I shouldn't say we, me. I, let me just talk about myself. Maybe I took Brendan Donovan for granted this year because he is a finalist for the NL Rookie of the Year Award. How about that? Brendan Donovan, man. Is he going to win? Probably not because <laughs> the Braves have two guys who had amazing seasons in Atlanta up against him. So uh, Michael Harris, the second, Spencer Strider. Okay. So odds are he's not going to win it. But how cool is that? that he is mentioned as a finalist for the NL Rookie of the Year Award. It's awesome. It warms my heart that a guy like Brennan Donovan, who doesn't do anything all that special, just plays the game hard, plays it the right way, just does his thing, does his business, works at it every day, is getting recognized this offseason. I think that's awesome. Uh, congratulations to outfielder Alec Burleson who was named to the AAA International League All-Star team. The club's fourth-ranked prospect and number 65 overall in baseball. Led the league in average at 331. Finished in the top five in OPS. Slugging, RBIs, and hits. Heck of a year for Alec Burleson. Will he be on this team next year or will, be he, will he be traded to, to get something else? 
I don't know. I don't know. Could Alec Burleson be the guy in right field if they trade Newbar? I don't know. These are things that could happen. Uh, according to Daniel Guerrero of the Post-Dispatch, the team is also planning on adding outfielder Moises Gomez to their 40-man roster. In fact, that ended up happening. So Gomez is on the 40-man roster. He could have chose to become a free agent if the Cardinals decided not to add him. So they obviously believe in him. Led Major League Baseball in home runs with 39 this year and set a franchise minor league record in the process. Split time with Class AAA Memphis and Class AA Springfield. Another guy could play right field. Or you package him to get a bigger name, which is something that, you know, makes a lot of sense. You move guys like Alec Burleson, Moises Gomez, maybe one of the pitching prospects, and you go get a stud catcher or left-handed batter, whatever it is you need to get, a starting pitcher, you know, you figure it out. But the Cardinals got a lot of talent. They got a lot of chips to play. And um, it's it speaks to how good their, their uh, minor league system has been. It's been strong. Uh, speaking of prospects, one of those guys that, Oh, could it get traded or they're just going to continue to uh, continue to work with him as he becomes better and better everywhere he's gone. Uh, we are scheduled to talk to Cardinals number three overall prospect Gordon Graceffo tomorrow. So make sure you guys come back for that uh, pitcher who started out at a ball ended up on the double uh, a Springfield team, obviously probably destined for triple a Memphis next year. It's been good. He's been good. Number three overall prospect. Supposed to uh, talk to him tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to like, subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification button so you know when the new videos are posted. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.